rescue op, save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? to discuss Minute 48 of Fallen King. Before we get to that, David, heading over to Jurassic-Pedia.com. We've got a recent article up here. Well, recent. <laughs> recent is in March from Sickle Claw on the uh, first of the Maisie Lockwood adventures titled Off the Grid. You picked this book up, didn't you? I believe this is the one that, yeah, this is the one that where she's kind of taking on dino poachers, and I thought it was actually kind of a good one because I've been wanting to see that storyline in Jurassic World for a long time. Mm. Yeah, so it is set two years after the Lockwood incident and uh, what we see at the end of Fallen Kingdom. Um, yeah, I think at this point they had the cabin set up. Okay, yes. Yep. Yep. So, uh, I've not got that. I think we, uh, we talked about it on the on the news episode, uh, maybe end of last year, <clears throat> how the, um, the writer had been told she wasn't continuing. I think they'd written a second, but there was not going to be a third novel. Yes. Yeah. It was unfortunate. I didn't pick the second one up. I was kind of hoping that they'd end up being like a bundle or something that unfortunately just never happened. But, yeah. So it's your fault. You didn't buy it, so <laughs> they didn't sell it. I haven't got either of them, so I can't, I can't talk. <laughs> so... I mean, they're young adult books, so it has to be remembered that they're kind of written at a young adult level. So, I mean, they they weren't exactly Crichton, <laughs> but they were I mean, they were good books. I mean, they were fun. The story was good. Yeah, I, I imagine it'd be a little bit more of an upgrade compared to the Eric Kirby adventures and that we got just different yeah. different time of writing and that sort of thing as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, article there for Maisie Lockwood Adventures Off the Grid. Head over to Jurassic-Pedia.com for uh, that article and many more. Hey, put your weapon down! You got the barrel pointed right in her head! They have Zia, they're loading out. They already had the dinosaurs, why do they need us? They needed the tracking system to capture Blue. There she is, she don't look good. Uh, Dave, we're going to get a minute 48. You sure am. Alright, minute 48, Fallen Kingdom opens with Franklin putting a wet tablet, uh, pulling a wet tablet from the surf, ends with a baryonyx hanging from a crane. Uh, as we end minute 47, Owen, Claire and Franklin had swam to the beach and uh, shared the news of the double cross. As we open minute 48, Franklin pulls his tablet from the surf and responds to Owen's question last minute if he can track weekly. Uh, he holds it up and water runs out of the device. Not anymore. <laughs> Salt water and technology? Not good, but fellows. <laughs> it makes me wonder why he hasn't... You're going to the tropics, we know it's rained in every movie. I'm surprised it hasn't mm-hmm. got some sort of waterproof case, but then he was submerged in the gyrosphere and uh, water pressure, that, that that level, that depth, and that probably wouldn't have mattered anyway. Exactly, yeah. I mean, like, my watch is rated for indefinitely up to five feet. I've never worn it... Like, besides accidentally in the shower for a couple minutes. <laughs> I, I just do not trust that whole waterproofing things that they say. 
Well, <clears throat> yeah, new Apple phones and that have got a, a recommended depth where you can splash them or go to, but who's going to uh, risk a $1,000 phone in the exactly. pool? Exactly. Um, I mean, like I've seen the commercials they've had where like they stick the phone in a fish tank and I'm just like, nope, <laughs> I would not. <laughs> no, no, not indeed. Um, uh, Claire shakes her head. It uh, starts to make sense finally. Uh, it was all a lie. Bastard, it was a lie. And uh, throws a handful of sand into the water and a bit of a little tizzy. <laughs> Having a hissy fit. But then a low growl gets their attention and they look up towards the smouldering cliff edge. And uh, it sounds like a carnivore approaching, but no, it's a Chinook. We'll finally get a Chinook back in the franchise up since the Lost World. Mm-hmm. Uh, flying into view. And you can't tell that the cage animal's hanging below it, but we can hear that iconic T-Rex roar. As I said, it's good to see the Chooks back uh, after the Lost World. Uh, you want a heavy-lift helicopter, that, that's why they're here. <laughs> and uh, the boys, are, they're well-organised and they've got some Major League toys. Secondly, I know there's a bit of the issue here, but we only seen the T-Rex four minutes ago in film, and uh, here it is tranked and attached to the bottom of the helicopter flying towards the uh the dock <laughs> the uh the timings the speed of which this roundup's happening is uh well Ludlow could have taken notes yeah the um rex like they would have had to have captured like literally just downhill from <laughs> where it had attacked everybody but then it was in Jurassic Valley where the, the cloud and the volcano erupted. So I'd have to go, I'd say to the next valley over, but it'd have to go a fair way to be out of that danger zone. They could have done it from the air too. They could have had, um, well, I'd say tranquilized, but she's roaring here, which means she's probably not tranquilized at all. No, in fact, her or the upcoming Baryonyx do not seem happy at about the arrangement print at all. <laughs> no, because that's, yeah, we get the shot, uh, see a second shot carry of Baryonyx towards the harbour, and it's fully awake as well. Uh, those teeth just <laughs> chomping around everywhere, so you've got to feel uh, unlucky for the poor soldier to have to put that strap, those restraining <laughs> straps around its belly and, and tail and that. But uh, Alan watches the Rex fly, um, fly by and shakes his head, not all of it was a lie. So, obviously, it's all come out now. We're there to get the animals. That's why we're here. That's why you're here, to help us get blue. Yep. We're saving them for profit. Uh, then we cut to a second uh, Chinook flying towards the harbour with the... with the Bayrocks hanging underneath it. And uh, we get a brief look at the harbour as the first Chinook lowers the Trinosaur towards the boat. Uh, the ship's horn sounds and the convoy vehicles is returning, so... Even with the volcano doing what it is, Wheatley's men have still been out capturing animals. We're going to see a stegosaur in a minute here as well. Pretty much out doing their job right up until the the, the big event when she blows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, they were really kind of close to the a minute here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, and we're, we're going to keep on referencing Dante's Peak <laughs> throughout <laughs> whenever we have this volcano... Even there, he says it, it could be tomorrow, it could be three months' time, you just don't know. Even with all the monitoring equipment in place and that, which they don't have here, it, it's just when Mother Nature wants it to go, it's going to go. You, mm-hmm. you can't put a clock on it. 
down at the dock itself as the convoy rolls into in uh, Wheatley is standing on what looks like a stair platform yelling at his men move move uh, anything of value I want it on the boat so not only are they getting the animals here they're, they're pretty much starting to strip down camp as well um, well that's the way I took it although we don't really see anyone carrying crates or anything towards the boat it's just the uh, the animals that they're loading on they should maybe try to strip faster <laughs> Or at least have a second boat or cargo containers or something that these Chinooks can pick up once these animals are dropped mm-hmm. off. But right behind we can hear the, the Rex roar again. Wheatley turns to see the helicopter uh, lowering the Rex onto the ship's deck, which, interesting here, we see it getting lowered onto the deck. Later we're going to see it inside the ship's hold itself. So they must uh, must do some rearranging on the boat once they leave, once they leave the island. I mean, they... They're probably kind of in a hurry, so yeah, they're just getting everything on it. They'll worry about strapping down when they're when it's on there. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, up on the ridge, Owen has a pair of binoculars <laughs> from somewhere, uh, and he looks down at the harbour below. Uh, we cut to an animal cage uh, as an ankylosaur is uh, has its leg up on one of the sections of the cage, and a worker kicks it off and says, "Come on now." Uh, as we move past the cage, we see the animal coming out uh, of the cage, so. They're just sort of herding the animals straight on the ship here. They mustn't have the, the... It must be quicker than trying to crane all these animals on. I just thought it was weird that you're going to... Whether it's with shock prods or whatever else, uh, herd, herd this ankylosaurus onto the ship. Uh, with that dead, dangerous tail <laughs> swinging around as well. And another wee one here too. we got a... As the minute ends, there's a number of baryonyx here suspended from a crane, uh, rather poorly, just around the waist. It's not really uh, suspended correctly for an animal. Uh, it's fully no. awake, thrashing around, uh, and only has a, a wide strap under its belly, no harness, no control over the animal, and uh, kicks over a stack of <laughs> storage containers as it swings by, which this crane's nowhere near the ship either, so I don't know why this baryonyx is just swinging around on a crane, <laughs> like an amusement park ride. <laughs> yeah, we've seen we've seen before. Uh, even though it was a cow, but uh, animal harnesses are normally a lot more thorough than what this thing is. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's amazing that it's actually balanced by its stomach there and not uh, toppling head over head first down <laughs> upside down. Well, it's I mean it's also kind of the theropod design where they have a thick meaty tail balancing out their heavy front yeah true true but uh that's it for the minute itself um moving on to novel comparisons briefly as they lay in the sand claire thinks about what just happened they were supposed to work together to save the dinosaurs and take them to sanctuary island instead z had been captured owen had been abducted and she and franklin had been locked in the bunker to die so a little bit more of a um you know more monologue there than what we get when they uh, reach the beach uh, the helicopter flying is carrying a sedated stegosaur to the harbour across the bay uh, so you can see everything going on at the harbour from the location on the beach. They just hadn't looked in that direction yet. Men can be seen loading more unconscious dinosaurs onto the ship. So, again, they're not in this little uh, cove here like we see in the film. It's much more of an open beach and they can see everything's going on once they actually look <laughs> look in that direction. Uh, weekly barks, get all this tech on board. We don't leave anything behind Um so more sort of covering their tracks there and uh, then we jump to Wheatley and the Stegosaur which we're going to talk about next minute because at the end of the day they are doing this illegally 
any uh, the volcano is going to cover their tracks pretty well, but they don't want to leave anything behind that's going to incriminate any of them in case yeah. there is some sort of investigation. As well as I mean, as well as the volcano lava melt stuff, it still will leave. I mean, it's fast moving stuff, so it's still going to leave stuff behind. Like when Hawaii Hawaiian volcanoes erupt, you still will get the charred out uh, remains of the cars just kind of half poking out of the lava. Yeah. Yep. But uh, that's that's all I've got for minute 48. Dave, anything else before we get heavy for the week? No, I think we're good. All right, lovely. 